Hey everybody, this is Kamara McHell, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Kamara, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. So now we're on chapter 49, and it's called Emasculation. So this would be, I'll probably be talking about um, when I was married to London and how when I started making, you know, money, that he started to behave really, really weirdly. So remember y'all, chapter 66 is where we start. Um, It's in descending order, so I'm down to chapter 49. And then the book actually ends at chapter one, which kind of explains everything that I had gone through to that point. So a little more detail about my relationship with Kyle. Over the next couple of years that Kyle and I were married, I'm sorry, that Kyle and I were married, my business excelled. So this was not this speaking business. This was the business that I had that was called Intellect Worldwide. It was a project management business. I put a business was good. What was mine was his, just like I did for London, first husband. I had a debit card made for Kyle. I didn't know, I didn't need to know how much was being spent within reason. All I asked was that if he was going to spend around a thousand dollars at a time to please give me a heads up. He was my husband, and I have always been an all-in kind of person when it came to relationships. What was mine was his. His new BMW, his 73-inch TV, and his stint at being an entrepreneur. Everything. I remember how he looked at me when I handed him the debit card for my business, which was Intellect Worldwide. He was in disbelief, but in a good way. During some of our talks, Kyle, so remember Kyle is the second husband, uh, some of our talks, Kyle and I would talk about our dreams and aspirations. I focused a lot on what uh, the vision was that he had for himself. He would tell me that he wanted a truck hauling business, said he wanted to travel within Florida and operate an eight-car eight hauler. I wanted him to dream big. I told him how intellect started and how I had never considered owning a business until one day at my day job that one of um, the people, the girl that I worked with, Uh, Back in 1997, she wanted us to open up a business together. Uh, So she was my then co-worker that she wanted, you know, said she wanted to go in business. Her specialty was accounting and mine was the legal field and word processing. So this was back in 1997. So word processing was still a big deal back then. Uh, And I put, uh, who would have thought that I would still be in business all of those years, all of those years later? I can't talk today. The only thing that I would have never done was uh, go into business with someone. Fortunately for me, she and I split in our business partnership before we even got started back in May of 97. I started Intellect in June of 1997. I actually started Intellect on June the 3rd, 1997, which is uh, June 3rd is my son's birthday. So I just remember uh, when me and Kyle, you know, got together, he knew that I was, that I was an entrepreneur and he, um, I just wanted him to feel comfortable. I wanted to pull out of him some aspirations. You know, he was a sanitation worker. Okay. He made, you know, pretty good money, but I knew after a lot of our conversations, we'd be up like two, three, four o'clock in the morning and we're just laying in the bed with the lights off and we're just talking where I wanted him to share, you know, things that he wanted to do in his life. And from what I could tell at that point, at that time, we were married, but I just think he had all of this business stuff in him, but I don't think that anybody had like watered that seed. So when we would talk, um, 
you know, he would just get to a certain point. I, I think he thought that since I had a business that I was going to judge whatever the business was that he wanted to do. But I assured him over years that I'm with you. I want you to be successful. I'm, you know, I'm in love with you. I love you. I, I love our life. I want to, you know, if you want to travel more, let's travel. If you want a certain car or, you know, you wanted to uh, have people over it, any, all of that, I wanted to let him know that I am here for you. I am not perfect. I am, you know, um, I'm not perfect. I wasn't trying to make him think that I was some fairy godmother that was going to make all of his dreams and wishes come true. I was just his wife, but I wanted him to know because I, when I think back, and I know my mom sometimes gets so aggravated with me when I talk about my first husband, London, he taught me business. And my mom was always like, but you were smart enough. I was like, but still, I, I credit him with, he was a businessman, you know, at first. He wasn't after a couple of years, but he was a businessman. He, he showed me how to have, how to have an expo. He showed me how to have a convention, how to have a convention. He was overbearing at times, but my brain started to flourish as far as entrepreneurship when I was with him, because he literally, he showed me the ropes because he had conventions every year. He was in the music industry. He traveled some, um, you know, so he was a, he was a business mind. He was a, London was a, um, he was like a consultant in the music industry. You know, he was a DJ, he was a popular DJ back, uh, back in the day. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind crediting London for helping me, you know, with, with business. So I was an old pro by the time I got with, uh, by the time I got with Kyle, I, you know, knew business, I knew how to make money. Um, and it was just very gratifying to know that I could, not only listen to him, but hear his heart and actually say, okay, because I have to be careful. I don't want to take over anything. So I just remember when uh, Kyle got to the point that he um, was like, okay, I want the car hauler business. But then later he was like, well, I really, really want to uh, be um, a mobile, um, what is it? Mobile detailer, a mobile detailer. So I was like, well, you can do both. I was like, you know, I said, I want to help you, but I don't want to be overbearing and I don't want, um, I don't want to be in the gray about what you're doing and what I want you to do. So literally, like I said, we would have these conversations and he settled on wanting to do the mobile detailing, uh, business. And I remember just how excited he was. He took pride in knowing that, wow, I'm going to actually, I've been dreaming of this stuff for years. It's actually going to become a reality. And I helped him. I remember, and I'm not trying to make myself seem like some perfect being or, you know, I had all the answers to everything. It wasn't that. I just loved him so much that I wanted him to feel the ownership of business like I had for years with, you know, with my first business. And, um, at a certain point with him, you know, he hired the wrong people. He had his brothers helping out and people who he had to go pick up from their house and drive them and they don't show up on time and just all of the things that I think a lot of times black businesses uh, get into. It's like we get people who aren't professional. We get people who they either want to know what you're making and why you're paying them at, you know, a certain amount and why, why are they not a partner in your business? And I know he went through that with uh, some of his brothers. And I know a couple of times he didn't want me to know. It's like, 
you know, he calls me and I'll call him. I'm like, Hey, I don't know where you are, but you want me to bring you some lunch? He's like, yeah. He goes, actually, could you bring three lunches? And I'm like, I don't mind, but why? He was like, well, I had to pick up my brother so-and-so and, you know, he doesn't have any money and, you know, he doesn't have gas for his car. And I'm just like, oh my God. And not that he could not help them, but it's like, I'm thinking to myself, you're just starting out yourself. Why are you even hiring your brothers? And I remember his sister, who I was best friends with, um, like leading right up into the time that me and him got together. We're not close or friends or anything anymore, but I remember uh, her with her business. She had a like an apartment cleaning, like a vacant. If a person uh, moved out, the apartment community would hire her to come in and do the, the cleanup and the prepping for the next tenant to come in. And I remember she would ask me questions uh, years before I got with her brother. And she would be like, uh, she'd be like, Kamar, she goes, uh, my, my sister asked, one of my sisters asked me how much I'm making from from the apartment clean. I'm like, why was she, why would she ask you that? She's like, she she's thinking that I'm not paying her paying her enough. I was like, but why does she need to know how much you're making? That doesn't make any sense. How about I was like, don't let her. I said when you and I was trying to tell it when you hire people, you're hiring them. That's like going to your boss at a corporation and say, hey, how much is this business bringing in? I need to make more money. That's like not something that's normal. So I remember I'm going to go back to her. So I remember with her. She told me, she said, she is, she said, my sister's really giving me a hard time. She said, she really wants to know how much I'm making. I said, but that's not her business. She was like, I know. So how about, she was saying when uh, her sister, so they were separated in apartments. So like, uh, I forgot what I named Colette. That's what I named his sister in the book. So it's like Colette said she was doing an apartment and she said when she was done, she was going to the other apartment to check on her sister to see how far along she was. She said, so she didn't see her sister cleaning the apartment. She was like, where did she go? How about when Colette walked up to the office to talk to the uh, the staff, the manager, how about her sister was in the office saying, um, well, how much are you paying? How much is this job uh, paying as far as the amount that her sister was getting? I said, you got to be joking. She goes, no, she was so she wasn't just angry. She was sad because it was like her sister was taking over her business. I'm like, I just, I think people with a mind like that, her business ended up folding because her sister completely ran it in the ground. And I just, I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't imagine that my sister is helping me with the project. And my sister might wonder, what is she getting paid but I can tell you there is no way that my sister would be uh, going behind my back to go ask the manager or the owner of the company how much money I'm making for that project. Even when I would have, um, when I got really sick in 20, I'm sorry, 2005, I had a couple of my friends fill in for me, but it was fr it was only friends who were professional who I, I literally would have my friends sign a contract for just like 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Just so everything I knew, they knew how much they were going to get paid. I knew how much I was going to pay them. I knew they were professional, but no, none of my friends or my sister were going to go behind my back to find out how much I was making about, you know, about a, a, a an assignment. So I'm going to try to get back on track here. So emasculation, um, let's go to, okay. I put, um, 
sure enough, there was money for the equipment that he needed, which is in the thousands, done. It was all a part of business. We talked about the hours that he could dedicate to getting started. He told me that his solid waste job would not allow him to get a customer base, nor would it allow him to have daytime hours to be an entrepreneur. And he was right. So when I was talking about a little bit ago, um, you know, I should have just let him work part-time instead of full-time for his business, because I just don't think I think he was excited. I think he was scared, but I don't think he was ever um, like fully believing in himself that this is something that could have been successful. So anyways, I was just saying all the different things I did to surprise him. You know, he came home one night and, you know, I had all of these uh, business cards made for him. I had this uh, like a big postcard with different cars for detailing and the name of his business. I got his website, got his domain name, his website. So it was really, um, you know, just trying to give him opportunities that London allowed me to learn from him in my first marriage. So I was excited for him. So let's see. Um, I put, a, you know, it was a huge adjustment. I enjoyed all that he had accomplished. Foremost, though, um, was the love that he that we he and I had for one another. And then um, Kyle was able to apply and after some months get a job at a company that made shingles for roofs. As far as I know, he's still there. So this is after uh, the, his business was over. My business was over. We didn't have anything. We ended up uh, moving in with my daughter. And then my daughter was able to help us sign for an apartment because we we couldn't. Our credit suffered, and we just didn't have any uh, money. So after the money was gone, though, it says uh, after that, Kyle started being really distant. When he and I got together in 2010, we didn't have much then. So even though I had my business back in 2010, it had not grown the way that it did over the next couple years when Kyle and I actually got married. So um, it said, uh, but unlike when we got together in 2010, he was odd and not in a good way. In 2017, we're back to where we started financially, but there was a huge, horrible disconnect. Because intellect, so I was saying when I had to close down my business, the business that I had was project manager. It was such a niche market that it would have taken me probably three to four years to try to build that up again. And that meant when it was cut off, it was gone. So $10,000 a month or more, that was gone. We were at complete, we were actually able to um, end, end the lease without owing the landlord. Really crazy. So like I said, financially starting over with he and I, financially, once I left him, financially starting over with me, this is actually the most stable financially that I've been through in a long time. I've actually been on this job since 2021 in July, and I am very grateful. I, I can tell you in 2018, I must have had about six or seven jobs. People, companies who hired me and decided not to keep me past probation. I know that sounds horrible, but I had never gone through that before in my life. So it's an ego buster. And literally, I remember this one lady in an apartment community, the manager, she was like, you know, apply for this job, the assistant manager. I'm like, okay, I applied for the job. They're like, they do the interview and I'm good. They want me to start work. I remember one day <laughs> I came into uh, one of the, to my office at that position. And I remember when I got to the door, getting ready to go in, it was a, a lady sitting there and I'm like, I go, hi. I said, who are you? She goes, oh, I just got hired. And I'm like, huh? 
She goes, yeah, I'm the new assistant manager. So you can imagine, I was still depressed, how deflated I was. And at that point, I didn't even ask the manager anything. I just literally called my doc, uh, my daughter and asked her to pick me up because I didn't have a car at the time. My car had gotten repossessed. <laughs> I know y'all are probably going, man, you were broke. I was broke. I was broke. My alimony for $600 a month for six months was gone. No job would keep me. And I'm literally just building back from that. You know, like I said, this job has kept me. It's a, um, a non large nonprofit. I work there. I don't necessarily love what I do, but the flexibility allows me time to work on this business with public speaking and, you know, promoting my book, selling my book and doing the podcast. So I'm very grateful to God because not that I didn't put in work, but they kept me. They haven't said, okay, Kamara. And now I feel like I'm really learning. I feel like now that I'm out of the relationship with the guy who was my fiance, we broke up back in March. I actually feel like I can dedicate more time to my job for my, you know, to my day job. Um, being with him was a big, um, he was always wondering where I was. He was always um, thinking that I was cheating on him. It was just so much stuff going on. But I, I can tell you, when I'm, you know, leaving that day job and coming home, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that he is gone. Because my, it was such, um, I never knew what, I never knew how he was going to be. I didn't know if he was going to be nice or mean or aggressive or, um, you know, okay, if he was going to be his okay self. But huh, anyways, I'm, I'm grateful. So I'm going to go ahead and wind this down. Again, thank you so much for uh sitting with me today and listening to my stories. Uh, this is Conversations with Kamara. I'm Kamara McHale. My website is kamaramichaleworldwide.com and I'm on TikTok at at kamaramichaele4 and an old TikTok I have is at kamaramichaele, which is what I want to get again. But anyways, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I will see you on the next podcast. Thanks.